Good morning, good morning. It's Eshen Brenda Shoshana with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life, for Our Everyday Life. Good morning. It's lovely to see you. <laughs> Funny, I, see, I feel like I'm with everyone. I see you all, but of course I don't see your form, but I see you. I feel you with me, and I'm so happy to be sharing a few words a few words, dewdrops, a few dewdrops, raindrops, a few moments together, just sharing my Zen practice. It's a wonderful feeling to share it, to offer it. You know, in a sense, Zen is all about making offerings, offerings. I love, love, love that idea to make an offering. What are we offering? What is our life offering and what are we being offered? Wow. We're being offered this day, today, cloudy, beautiful, chilly, little raindrops. That's an offering. We're receiving an, an offering of the day, very precious offering. But are we receiving? able to receive it? That's the whole question Zen asks. Are we, are we here to receive it? Are we throwing it away? Are we rejecting it? Are we leaving the day behind and slipping into fantasies? What, what are my goals? What am I working toward? What's next? Oh, I hear that so many times, especially when I worked many years ago as a therapist for many years. I would hear people anguished. What's next? What do I do now? I've just finished this project. What do I do next? Next. What's next? What, that now, actually, what's next? That's such an incredibly deep koan. And I love the way in Zen practice we just take what seems like an insignificant, simple word or phrase, what's next? <clears throat> and we don't let it just slip away. We turn it into a koan. We receive it as a koan. We, we really are with it. What's next? Now, that question has caused such despair for so many people, even now during the COVID. Oh, my goodness, this is gone. That's gone. The way I've lived is gone. What's next? What's going to happen? What should I do? That kind of thing. And feeling quite helpless and not knowing the answer. And of course, in a koan, you don't know the answer. And that's the beauty of it. It's the wonder of it. Just like in life, we don't know <laughs> so many things. And but we don't realize that's the beauty of it, the wonder of it. That's the preciousness of it. Life is making one offering after another, but we don't know what will be offered next. And that's kind of very unsettling for many of us. We want to know what's next. How do I plan my, my day, my way, my vacation, all of that? All of that. <clears throat> Not to say that there's anything fundamentally wrong with creating a direction or a plan or trying to understand or feel what you would like, where you would like to go. That's fine. You know, Zen, the true Zen practice rejects nothing. It's part of the, it's part of the offering of life. You know, we, we've, but 
What we really do try to do is take those questions, what's next, and stop chasing them. When you work with a koan, you don't work with the ostensible or superficial level of the question because the koan does not allow you to do so. For instance, a very well-known koan might be, show me your face before your parents were born. That's a very famous koan, a a very well-known koan. Show me your face before your parents were born. Don't tell me, show me. Now that will stop you. You you cannot really answer it in a logical, linear, rational way. And thank goodness you can't. It stops you. You're being offered another way of grappling, of being with life. Just like the question, what's next? But of course, we think when we hear what's next, we can figure it out, we can give a rational answer, and we do. But if we go back to our main point, that life is giving us many, many offerings. Life is offering us so much, so much, oh my goodness. Not only every day, but every moment. And the response to all our koans comes from what life is offering us not what we're figuring out about life or how we're trying to manage it or control it. These offerings just come as they do. It's so beautiful when you see that. You don't have to struggle for them. You don't have to be worth it. You don't have to be a special person to receive it. You are constantly being given offerings. For instance, you're being offered your next breath. That's an offering that goes on and on. If you didn't have that offering, if you couldn't receive the offering of your next breath, take it in. Let it go all through you and then let it go back into the universe. If you couldn't do that, you couldn't live. You literally could not be alive without that offering and many others too. The offering of the breath is very, very obvious that we must receive it and we do. But how about all the other offerings that we also we benefit so greatly from and that are gifts for us. How come we don't see those? How come we don't receive them? How come we don't pay attention to them? How come we don't value them? It's actually a question of what we value. They don't seem important. They don't seem meaningful. Well, if I win the lottery, wow, that's an offering. I'll take that. That's meaningful. That fits into our pattern about what's important in life. A lot of money, a lot of security, a lot of toys, a lot of presents, blah, blah, blah. Nothing wrong with that, of course. Nothing wrong with it, except what's dangerous about that kind of thinking is that it takes our mind, our heart, and our attention away from the endless offerings that we're receiving all the time. We receive the offering of our sight. We can look out the window. We can see whatever's there. We can see a friend who comes into the room or 
perhaps someone we don't like, but we can see this panorama that's going on. We receive our heart, our ability to to love, to forgive, to taste. We there's so many tastes like a delicious banquet, a meal that we're being given all the time, different foods, different experiences, different moments. And I would say the reason for so much of our sorrow and complaining and feeling of loneliness and emptiness and and what's next, confusion, is because we are not present to receive these offerings. We don't even know they're there. We don't even care. We don't even care. We don't care. You know, when someone is very sick and they're close to death and they come back, maybe they didn't expect to come back. Very often you hear, oh my goodness, the great appreciation and gratitude for being able to walk down the street, being able to see a friend again. The values shift dramatically. They just shift dramatically. And they can become so present for these many, many beautiful offerings life is giving so that no one ever has to feel disappointed, ever, or unfulfilled or not full. We're only not full because we're not present to, we're not aware of these incredible gifts and offerings, and we're not there with them and we're not taking them in. A very lovely Zen teacher, Sukazan, he has said, and he said it many times, and I like what he says it, be generous, give your attention to everything. Oh, that's a wonderful teaching. Be generous with your attention. Be there for whatever is coming. Just be there. Give it your attention. Not only are you generous then to whatever is coming to you, but you are being generous to yourself. <laughs> Because you're receiving whatever it is. You're receiving whatever offering is there. Now, of course, of course, of course, of course, some of the offerings, some of what comes, are things we might not like. Maybe, we, maybe sickness is being offered one day. Maybe sorrow is being offered one day. That's very, there are all kinds of offerings. And the great work of Zen practice, as I see it, is to receive every single offering, no matter whether we like it or don't, initially. Initially, we have many, many opinions, many choices. I don't like this. I'm not going to receive this. I'm rejecting this. I like that. Everything is what do I like, what do I not like, separating what we like from what we dislike Sosan tells us to separate what you like from what you dislike is the disease of the mind. Wow, what a statement that is. To separate what we like from what we, in other words, to take what we like or accept what we like or notice what we like and reject, hide from, diminish, blot out, cancel (laughs) what we don't like. That is the disease of the mind. Sosan, a great patriarch, Zen patriarch, tells us, and he's right. 
because our lives become split, just split right down the middle. And many of us won't accept or even notice any offering because there may be offerings coming that we don't like. So we'll just reject the whole thing and go into a fantasy or become an, a workaholic or, or whatever it is, addicted to this or addicted to that, but just anything to block out these endless offerings. It's, it's as if someone would say to you, and I've heard this too, I'm not getting into any more relationships because I will not, I refuse to be hurt again, or I refuse to be disappointed again. I've heard that a million times. Refuse, refuse, refuse. Well, if, you, if you're in a relationship, all kinds of moments come. And when you refuse certain moments, then those moments force you to blot out the entire picture, all of it, all of it. So the great gift of sitting in Zazen, the wonderful gift of Zazen is that we sit on the cushion. We do not move. <laughs> so we can't run away from one offering or another. We just are with and present for whatever offering comes from our own inner world, because we're not looking outside ourselves as we sit on the cushion. This is a real practice for life, for learning how to receive life and not to reject life itself. It's an incredible practice for realizing that we can be with all kinds of moments, painful moments, disappointing moments, because they arise and then they leave. Then, then the next moment comes. Then the next offering comes. Mm. It's not just one offering. Many, many offerings will come. An offering of fear. We just, we, we just stay with that and receive it. Pay attention to it. But we don't get hooked into it. We don't cling to it or we don't push it away. We're just with it. And then the next moment comes. Now, when we push it away, resist it, we keep it stuck. We keep ourselves locked into it because we're fighting with it. We're engaging with it. Or when we love it and we want to hold on to it. Oh, I don't want that moment to go. That's a beautiful offering, a beautiful moment. I only want it to stay all day or forever. But each offering has its own time frame. It can only stay for as long as it does. So even if it's a beautiful moment, it will go. And if it's a painful, horrible moment, it will go. And one after another after another is our life all kinds of moments, all kinds of offerings. And as we practice with them, we are able to taste, appreciate, and bow to them all, honor them all. That's all. That's what this practice is. <laughs> if I say that's all, that's kind of funny. That's everything. It's everything. So I'm happy to share this with you today. Very happy to. I thank you so much for listening. Just notice what you're, what, what, what's being offered to you and notice what you are offering in return. Day by day, moment by moment. So thanks for listening. The URL to this is Zen 
wisdomtoday.com. You can reach me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. And if you're interested in, in learning about um, the workshop, we're going to do a workshop May 20th online called Zen Play, Making Your Life into a Koan, a very fun, lively workshop on Zoom. If you're interested in finding out more about it, just contact me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. Okay, thanks again for being here. Bye-bye.